Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. In Canada, if you drive drunk and you kill a person, you're not going away for very long at all. Three years, maybe four years, will be the sentence you'll maybe do 18 months, 20 months. You'll get a license suspension, but that's about it. If you kill multiples of people, you're going to get more time. But how much time will you actually spend in jail? Not much. And earlier in the week, very early in the week, we heard about Edward Lake committing suicide. His three children were killed by convicted drunk driver Marco Muzzo. And I can't imagine what uh, Mr. Lake and the family went through, the surviving family members are going through now. We're about to talk to Sherry Arsenault. I've talked to Sherry on uh, many occasions over the last 10 years. Her son Bradley was in a car with two friends, and the car was hit by a drunk driver of a pickup traveling at almost 200 kilometers an hour. He received eight years in prison and a driving suspension for life. Well, three years after the conviction, the eight-year conviction, the individual was eligible for parole. That's the way it works in Canada. There is an attitude in this country that it goes like this. There but for the grace of God go I. So I could have been that person. So I can't be too hard on that person because, by extension, I'm being hard on myself. It's an oversight. I drove drunk. It's an oversight. No, it isn't. You kill somebody and drive while you're driving and you're drunk, you should get a second-degree murder charge. At the very least, manslaughter in a very significant prison time. Because you've taken a life. We also have the reality of the Supreme Court of this country just a few weeks ago deciding that uh, the argument that I was too drunk to know what I was doing actually was valid. To send people away and, and deny them the right to say I was too drunk to know what I was doing was actually it was, wasn't fair, so they, they changed it. It wasn't constitutionally fair. I'll give the government of this country credit for this, all the parties, because they very quickly, and Lametti, the, gov- the Attorney General, spearheaded this, they changed the law. So uh, once again... If you voluntarily get drunk and you drive and you commit mayhem, you don't get that get-out-of-jail-free card. I was too drunk to know what I was doing. What an idiotic, what an absolutely idiotic, irresponsible attitude. All right. Sherry Arsenault. How are you, Sherry? Oh, very good. Thanks, Roy. You just uh, just described this scenario in Canada perfectly. It is, isn't it? When you heard about Edward Lake committing suicide, I, I've known you for years, and I've always tried to be very careful in what I ask you because I know I have an idea of, of what, what you're going through still. When you heard of the suicide of Edward Lake, how did you react? My stomach fell out. Um, I want to say I couldn't believe it, but I could, and, and that's the terrible part. You know, I can only assume assume how he felt because I don't know for sure. But my feeling is because I had it, and I still do many days, is he simply wanted to be with his children. 
it's he he couldn't overcome that, and I, and I know that feeling all too well. It wouldn't be something I would take my life, but you don't know how hard I wish lightning would strike me many many times. Just I just want when you don't get that opportunity to hug your child, even say goodbye. There's nothing you wouldn't do to be with them again. Yeah. So your son Bradley and his two friends died because Jonathan Pratt, who was driving at almost 200 kilometers an hour, when his pickup truck hit the car your son and his friends were in. That's yeah. how he died. And Pratt had a blood alcohol level two and a half times the legal limit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So... What was? Do you remember what your expectation was of the Canadian justice system? Well, you know, when you've never been through our our justice system before, it's uh, you know you you assume you assume at least the time will fit the crime, and um, you know it took three years to even come to a conclusion in court, and in the end he spends less than three years in jail and. You know, it's even worse than that, to be honest. He, he was given an eight-year sentence with manslaughter actually attached. Within one-eighth of their sentence, they are being released on weekends to be with their families or do what they do, I guess. Within one-eighth, they're doing that. And in less than, at one-third, they apply for day parole and full parole. And... In my case, and identical in the in the Marco Muzo case, they're granted parole. You know, granted day parole, pretty close to after they are sentenced, and that that alone is so heartbreaking and hard to hard to take. You have been fighting so hard over these years. To get governments to listen and governments to change their minds. He's never apologized to you, has he, Sherry? Sherry? Through all the parole board hearings and, you know, he can't, uh, he doesn't say their names. Uh, He has, uh, he describes it as he's the victim. And, you know, what's even more heartbreaking than that is the parole board listens to that and does not question it, does not question it. You know, there's there's such serious problems in all areas of our justice system. To me, the whole system is completely broken, especially concerning victims, and it needs a complete rehaul. And only our victims are disregarded and then re-victimized by the justice system. And you saw a parallel as well between the cases of Marco Muzzo, responsible for the deaths in the Edwards Lake family, and Pratt, who killed your son and his two friends. You saw a parallel between those cases. I saw complete 100% parallels. In fact, it's hard to believe, but they literally copy and paste their decisions. It was word for word, same decision as in the Marco Muzzo case. Uh, So, you know... That all that does is revictimize, and I know that it was unbelievably hard on on the Navelle Lake family because you know there's you realize there's not even a whole lot of thought that goes into their decisions. It's a copy and paste uh, 
thing that they do. It's just, it's, it's unbelievable. It's copy and paste decision. You are a genuinely kind person because when you and I talked off the air day before yesterday, you said to me, and we were talking about Marco Muzzo, and you said, you wouldn't be surprised if he feels bad about what he did, really feels bad about what he did. So I think you're a very, very kind human being, and you, but justice is required. And what really is, is also dis, so disturbing, Sherry, is people don't appear to be particularly reluctant to drive drunk and or maybe high. Mm-hmm. No, it's um, people, people think it will never happen to them. And, and, and people, on the other hand, think that they'll never be a victim. So, you know, it's both that people to drive home impaired or, or high, like you say, hundreds of times in their lives and they make it home safely. And they just honestly don't believe that it will ever happen to them. But in my view, the minute you get in your car and turn that key, whether you get home safely, kill someone, kill yourself, you're just as culpable as someone who does, in fact, kill someone. It's the crime is being committed as soon as you drive. You have uh, addressed politicians on this. You've talked to them individually. You've spoken at uh, parliamentary committees, been uh, ignored rather clearly by at least one MP. I don't know if you want to name him or not. That's up to you. But what about that? And, and what do you try to tell them about what appropriate justice is? And do they just not listen to you at all? Well, our, our current government refuses to listen to victims. And, you know, their main concern is about the offenders and how to help them. And, you know, in the last eight years, I think it was four bills that I worked worked on Every single one of them, they would not even vote for an amendment, a slight amendment to modernize our laws regarding impaired driving causing death. And uh, yes, I will name that MP. It was Mr. Randy Bosenalt. He he was playing on three phones while I was giving my my presentation, not looking at me once, not asking one question. And that was in two or three committees. So troubling. That is so, so disturbing. It's 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 one of those things where this this government just refuses to listen to victims. Yeah, and and you know we've we've heard this and we've heard it for years, uh, and occasionally there's public uh, interest and there's drive to get things changed. And then some things do change because the politicians are keenly aware that there's public demand. And then when the demand dies down, so it is the interest. And we're back well, to square one. You know, Roy, we, a few of us uh, mothers and fathers, families, complete families, we got received one by one handwritten, not an internet petition, over 30,000 signatures signatures, address, phone number, and that was all handed in to to our um, parliament. And nobody talked, it was the biggest uh, survey done demanding change. And, you know, I don't even know where it is. There. Yeah.
If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.